And I am here with my lovely co-host, Crystal the Oracle. Crystal, how are you? I'm doing good. This one is, this is an interesting story. This woman said she had a tale of woe and sneaky plans in the night. Yeah, she had to. And this the one with the crazy boyfriend? Yes. Yeah, she had to. So y'all listen to this. This is very interesting and kind of scary at the same time. My boyfriend crazy. And then we'll share our thoughts in a second. So this week on Ho Until, we have St. Evangeline. How are you? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm good. That sound, your name sounds like something that should be off Pose. Do you watch the show Pose? Not yet. Um, I actually have it scheduled to start watching this weekend because everyone keeps telling me about it. Yeah. So when you watch it, you understand your name sounds like one of like the many characters sound like you belong in that show. But yeah, I'm glad that you wanted to tell your whole and tell story. So what whole and tell story do you have for us today? I have a tale for you, a tale of woe, a tale of sneaky um, plans in the night, of intrigue, of triumph, of how I became a sex worker both as a dominatrix, a professional dominatrix, as well as a OnlyFans model. Oh, okay. Well, we're ready whenever you are. <laughs> so I ended up being with this guy in a terrible relationship. Mm-hmm. And um, to make a long story short, he came from a, a lot of trauma as a youth, and he projected all of it onto me. Mm-hmm. And um, I tried to be patient with him, and things got very abusive in every way except physical violence mm-hmm. on his end. And so I decided that it was time to go. Uh, but he was very, very rich, and he called my job, uh, told lies about me sleeping with a coworker, got me like fired. Um, I, I was also mm-hmm, I was also uh, an artist and he called my gallery trying to get all my profits to go to his bank account. And so things were getting out of control. And I felt that the only way that I was going to leave that relationship was I'm going to have to go to a domestic violence shelter. Um, I'm from Brazil. And so I don't have family here that could help me or anything like that. And none of my friends had the resources. Okay. And um But I was coming from like a life of almost six years of extreme privilege. Like I had no idea what the cost of things were anymore. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to take my children from, you know, like such a good situation into immediate poverty. Right. (laughs) And which is what I was familiar with growing up. And um, so finally, I joined uh, the, the domestic violence shelter and I have a restraining order on the sky and he is stalking me. He is hunting me down. He put trackers in my car, on my phone. I had to be moved for different shelters. And this was going on for like a month um, at the time. And I'm sitting there thinking, my goodness, you know, how am I going to make any money? Um, thinking, you know, like this is a crazy person. 
So backtracking about two months before I decided to leave, because I had left for the shelter for one day. And when I saw the conditions, I said, oh my goodness, like, I feel really bad bringing my kids here. So I went back to him and I said, I need to come up with a better plan. And so I quietly became a dominatrix and, you know, just did whatever I had to do every day to keep him calm and quiet and very, very sneaky because he had cameras inside the house, outside the house. Uh, he would lock the locks so that I couldn't like leave except for the one entrance that was like heavily camera and security and whatever. And um, it was wild. So I had to like pull some James Bond, some like ninja style activities for me to get out. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. And um, so um, in my phone, I had, I always refused to give my password and stuff. And um, if he wanted my password or demanded to have my phone, I would just break it and be like, here, you can have your phone, take it. <laughs> Um, but of course he had money, so he would buy me a new one because how else is he going to track me and things like that? But I, I refused to let him have, um, how do you say the phone? So uh -huh. finally I got myself to a point where he wanted my phone and I broke it because the new iPhone had to be a face recognition. Right. And I knew that they had like securities, like you have to be looking alert. You, you couldn't be asleep because he would try to open the phone when I was sleeping <laughs> by pointing the phone at my face. Mm -hmm. And um, so I became an online financial dominatrix while in his house. And um, so a fendom. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I have a, a colleague who's a fendom. Yes, yes. And so I thought, you know, I can't really get out of the house much. Um, he tracks my car and things like that. So it would be really hard for me to do it, you know, IRL, as they say. Um, and so I was like, I'm just going to do this online. So finally, um, it actually, I was crap at it because I couldn't really take pictures because the house was, again, with cameras. So it would be looking weird. Like, why are you taking pictures in this, you know, corset and things like that? And, um, but I managed, I made it, I made it happen at a friend's house and I put up an ad on a website, a professional website and say, you know, I'm a dominatrix. And I started getting to know some people um, that, you know, were messaging me. And again, this was all like meant to be online. But finally, one person who was already sending me a bit of money, um, again, I was not making a lot of money, but he was sending me like 10, 15 bucks, five bucks and things like that. And I was like, okay, let's see what happens here. And he finally offered, you know, like, could we possibly meet? And um, so I told him that for a dinner, I would charge him $600 plus my outfits, plus uh, what, whatever I could think of. Like I just tacked it on there. And then um, I wanted more outfits to take pictures. Cause again, I was planning on leaving. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, I'm going to need more outfits for this. <laughs> and um, so I got him to buy me all of these things. And then I met him for dinner. Mm -hmm. So this was very hard to do because I had a tracker in my car. Yeah, I was getting ready to ask where was your boyfriend or your crazy ex when you was doing all this. Mm -hmm. So I told him I was going to my best friend's house. So okay. we go. I go to my best friend's house. Of course, she's in on everything. Mm -hmm. And we say that we're going to go to the, a public place. 
because we knew that he wouldn't go make a scene in a public place. He might go check on, like, knock on her door or something. So, but we're like, he's not going to do this in a public place. And then the kids, I have two children. And so we left it. I, I think it was like at a bookstore, coffee shop place that was very busy. So we left my car there. And then my friend, um, took me she drove me the rest of the way to the restaurant where we were supposed to meet and dropped me off there and she kept my phone um in my car and then she moved she had to get back in my car when she got back to the bookshop and be in the bookshop moving around in the bookshop with my phone so my crazy ex would think that I wasn't so he wouldn't be like why is she just sitting in one spot for three hours you know how were you able to call your friend back if she had your phone um, I wasn't. So we had established um, that she was going to pick me up at a certain time. And that was that. And I told the guy that I was meeting, um, you know, I'm strict, you know, like a dominatrix, etc. This is when I'm leaving. I don't care what you say. That's that. And Bye. so she, she's like, I will be there. I will wait, whatever it is. And we had our agreements of okay. the situation. And so when I get there, this man is like six foot eight. Mm -hmm. um I'm five foot five <laughs> okay so he's like this very very large man he's not bad looking at all not ever the kind of person that you would be like this is somebody who's gonna hire a dominatrix right mm -hmm. and so I was like oh my goodness you know I had no idea what I was doing <laughs> all I knew was previously uh almost 10 years prior I was in a relationship where we explored a lot of BDSM stuff for about six months um, where I was the dom. And so that's all the experience I had under my belt. And I got the whole, um, how do you say, idea from the movie, not the movie, the HBO show Euphoria. Okay. Yeah, um, yeah. And so I had watched it and that's when I was like, no, I have some experience. So I'm going to do this. So we get there and we sit down and he's super polite and I mean, such a gentleman. And the whole time he's, I'm like squishing his balls against the, the chair with like a sharp heel. Uh -huh. um, and then, and I mean, he is loving it. And then the waitress comes and she's asking us, uh, you know, what to order and things like that. And I say what I'm going to order. And then I wait for her to ask him what he wants mm -hmm. and then not let him say anything and say he's going to get and whatever I chose for him. And, um, <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> and so when she came back with the drinks, you know, she's, it's a little table. So she's arranging things to put the drinks. And while that's happening, I say to him, you know, uh, extend your hand and he does and so I spit the gum in his hand and of course he knows what he has to do with it because the gum goes in the trash and he is the trash and so he immediately puts it in his mouth and then I I tell him swallow it <laughs> okay okay and that waitress did not blink and I it's like nothing happened <laughs> And, um, and being the service business, I remember encountering such situation being like, there's something happening there. Let's watch this. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so I kind of, you know, I was like, they're going to have something fun to talk about. And um, so all of, while all of this is happening, I'm just talking to him about myself, about, you know, how awesome I am. And then asking him about him and then ridiculing whatever it is he says, because, you know, this is what he asks for. And he's paying, you know, $600 for this, just, just for my presence. Right. 
Um, plus, I think he gave me a hundred and forty dollar tribute, just as like to show his devotion extra above what I charged. And um, at the end of the dinner, I go into the bathroom and I had like a G string on, so I take the G string off and I make it in a little wad in my hand. And so I said to him, you know, like, I have a gift for you. you. You comported yourself very well, like a gentleman, and you deserve this. And so he gives me his hand, which thankfully was very big. <laughs> so I put it in his, my hand in his hand and let it go and gave him, like, my panties that I was wearing during the dinner. <laughs> ah, okay. That sounds fun. And so after that... Um, I have to, you know, rush to my friend because I have I'm being timed at home. And so because I have to be there by the time I said. And finally, I rushed to her house, changed outfits, and she kept she was keeping all of the gifts and things that I was getting in her house. Um, and I would have everything mailed to her place and everything like that because she had uh, she was in a building with security and things like that. So we felt safer sending things there. And um Finally, uh, I made, I think, almost $1,000. And I said, I, I feel like I have enough money. It took me like two months. And I finally went to the, to the shelter, to the domestic violence shelter. And I thought that this was going to be like hunky-dory. You know, this is why I came to America. Because when you fall in America, someone is always going to catch you. But that does not mean that you're not going to like still bump your head on the pavement a little bit. Right. <laughs> and that's exactly what happened. And so when I got to the shelter, I realized how little the government does to help these women out of the shelter. And I know that they do their very best with the budget that they're given, which is not a lot. No daycare. So we go in there with no money, no jobs, no family, obviously nobody to nowhere to go. And then how are we supposed to get out of it? How are we supposed to save money? They only provide daycare for court and court-related things. Right. And so I'm sitting there and, and there's like two-year waiting lists on daycare centers. And right. I'm like, I don't need daycare by the time I get in. <laughs> right. And but so how long, um, how long were you a fin down for? Um, by that point, like almost two months, it was like a month and a half, two months. So are, do you still do that now? Yes. Yes. So how long have you been all together? Oh, all together. Yeah. Um, so let's see, that was November of 2000. So almost two years, like a little over a year and a half. And yeah, okay. Yeah. And so, um, I definitely learned a lot, but it was very surprising. And so after when I saw what was happening in the shelter and I was like, wow, I'm not going to be able to get a real job because the thing about being a fin dom or doing any kind of sex work, I feel, is the instability of the income. Like it could drop off or, you know, you get shadow banned on Instagram or TikTok and then off goes your your marketing and your advertising. And so it's really, really difficult um, to live, especially with a family, on something you can't plan. And so I was definitely planning on going right back to the nine to five world mm -hmm. and finding a job there. And um, but again, I saw how I couldn't do that living in a shelter because I had no one that could take care of my kids. And so I was like, all right, I'm going to go right back to the Spindom stuff. So I get back on the website. And the first, and 
by now I was offering strictly like in-person services and because I wanted to make a lot of money and I wanted to make a lot of money fast because I didn't want my children to have memory of the shelter or the least amount possible at least. Right. So I was like, I want to leave here fast. The clock is ticking. And um, so finally I land what they call a white whale right off the bat. And it was crazy because I was really disheartened when I began the first six emails I got were people wanting me to poop directly into their mouths oh, no. so that they could eat it oh, no. and say thank you. <laughs> oh, and so when I told them, like, I literally offer all other BDSM services except that and blood. Right. And they're like, and they would say, you know, so I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm like, Kelk, maybe I could ship it in a box. Mm-mm, mm-mm, mm-mm. No, thank you. <laughs> That's what they said. They're like, no, thank you. I am strictly interested in being a full service toilet. And they said, no. And I'm sitting here like, oh my gosh, I'm really going to have to do some crazy shit to get some money here. So, and did, so, so did you do that ever? I did. I did not. I have not okay. ever. I've never, ever. I'm not, nor have I put it in a box. Okay. <laughs> so finally, um, the, after the poop emails, I land, unbeknownst to me, a local mayor mm-hmm. and um, who, of course, remain anonymous because right. he's a darling. Right. Um, so he spent on me right off the bat um, $14,000 in a month. Mm. And um, at that time, because I was feeling really disheartened with everything, I had also a GoFundMe account. And so with the GoFundMe, joined with what he was giving me I was able to go into like a luxury apartment and I was like wow this is amazing this is really working out for me and this was January of 2020 so here I am a baby dom you know looking into the bright horizon just not even knowing that the pandemic is right there (laughs) and that all her in-person work is about to go out the window right and um, so he was really my only client for a long time. And he's an elderly man, again, like somebody you would never like, he is a, such a, a peaceful person. You would never say, you know, that man likes to get whipped hard. But alas, yes, he did. And first session with him, because um, I decided I was going, if I'm going to have to do this, I'm going to put some ludicrous price out there okay um because i read this or or i almost i almost read this book because i'm a gemini Mm -hmm. um why men love bitches by sherry argov Mm -hmm. and one thing that stood out to me was something she said that was like it's 50 percent what you got and 50 percent what they think you got and so i was like well i am foreign goods this is expensive this is Uh export import tax like Right. We're going to tax this up. And so I was charging $2,000 an hour. And um, in my eyes, it's still kind of cheap. (laughs) And so that's what he was paying me. And he would also have like a gift for me, usually something that would hurt him as well. Like he gave me this really hot pair of heels that have spikes all over them for me to kick him. Mm -hmm. 
Um, and then it would always have like an envelope with like 600 more dollars or something like that. And so I was just so happy and so lucky. And, but again, I, and it was so terrifying at the same time because I had never met or had an experience with somebody so like he's in his 60s. And this man is really wanting like borderline for me to draw blood on his back with a whip. And but it was so peculiar because the whole time, you know, you go from a, a regular life to uh, a shelter of like homeless families, really, who have suffered abuse and trauma. So, I'm, you know, I'm there during the day and then in the evening, I'm having like the local mayor like licking the bottom of my boots with like clothespins hanging from his balls as I laugh and like whip them off and miss <laughs> I, am and like, I am I am loving this okay and so it's so peculiar because I felt like I was part of this magical world kind of like Harry Potter had to live his muggle life and right. then go to to Hogwarts and right. nobody knew in the muggle world that's how I felt and I couldn't talk about it to anyone of course because my ex of course, he hacked into everything. He found out about it. He threatened me. He called the police, said I was doing prostitution. I mean, every every nightmare that a sex worker could have, he made come true legally. <laughs> and so, and I had to stand my ground and the whole time. And of course, uh, I had nothing to worry about. And, but it was so strange. It was super, super strange having this like elderly man with all, you know, quote unquote, this power licking my boots and begging for pain and even in like emails when he would write to me if it had to do with me so if he was saying you or goddess or mistress or whatever your eminence um he would always capitalize uh the pronouns for me and the any any title for me and always even at the beginning of sentences keep all of his pronouns and such and titles, lowercase. And if he was to ever dare put himself and I in a situation where he had to say the word we or our, because he would never dare to be at my level, mm -hmm. um, he would capitalize the first we, the first W, and then do a slash and then a lowercase w and then an E. So like this man was really, really devoted to this lifestyle and he was like very well trained in it. So what happened with you guys? Do you guys still do this or did you guys stop because of the pandemic? We stopped because of the pandemic. And I honestly, I have not seen him since mm -hmm. uh, the pandemic started. And he also has a wife and his, you know, mayor duties. Yeah. But um, he did send me a stand-up paddleboard for my birthday last week. Oh, so he so he does contact or know you're still there, kind of. Oh, absolutely. He's still um he his thing is gifts, so he's not one to just like send money. But mm -hmm. for example, he completely furnished my house, TV. Like um, I just Google like what is the best TV of 2020, and then I just send him the link and say this is what I want. And um, I mean sound system, and I didn't even ask for the sound system. He just said, you know a goddess like me <laughs> deserves to have her entertainment with the sound system. And, um, but it's, I mean, I love it. 
I highly recommend anyone out there who is, you know, in a similar situation. And at first I was thinking, you know, and I really took that quote by Sherry Argov of the 50% to heart because, you know, like I'm not skinny like a model, but mm-hmm. I'm not even, I'm not thick enough to be like, mm, she's juicy and voluptuous. I was in this like odd middle. And I was like, man, I don't even have like, a genre body type like how am I gonna make this work Mm -hmm. but again it's 50% what you got and 50% what they think you got and always knowing your worth so question then add a zero to that right add a zero to that so question so if someone wanted to like get started on this what would you say how would they do that Ah, uh, they can call me. No, <laughs> they can. Um, but I would say <laughs> you do, like okay, they can't call because you, you have you have a um a email. You have an OnlyFans, and so what is that? So that way they can just do that way. Uh, you said you have the the links after the episode, so then there will be that. But really, if they Google Saint Evangeline in quotes, so that Google will put it together instead of giving like the names of a bunch of saints <laughs> uh, I can be found on TikTok and all of that but um but if anybody wants to get started I would definitely gear them towards OnlyFans I really like them because um I feel they really put an effort to not be involved in sex trafficking and minors and things like that they really buckle down on IDs and verifications and stuff like that and it's a really easy setup because I started off on Chatterbait and for you to set up your, your page on chatterbait.com, you have to know a little bit of coding and some like HTML codes and things like that. And I'm dyslexic, so that was super hard. <laughs> so OnlyFans are super easy. And um, but it is hard, I say, like uh, trying to advertise a job you're not allowed to talk about in public. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's the one thing about OnlyFans. You have to like advertise, and then only in certain places don't allow you to do it, like Instagram or mm-hmm. other places. I, I know Twitter is a good place for people with OnlyFans. That's how they yeah. like, how they advertise. Yeah, um, absolutely. So okay. I thank you for sharing your 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 whole intel with us. I have her contact information. It'll be in, it's in this episode's description. So if you want to follow her. If you want to get more information on how to become a fan dom or how that works, please hit her up. She has all the information and she can help you because I can't help you. People usually will inbox me. I don't know. So you're going to, you're going to hit her up. She has all the information. Yes, I do. Hit me up and you will Robin Hood. (laughs) So thoughts, Crystal. Oh my gosh. So I, I mean... The fact that the juxtaposition between her life as a dom and then her life as a victim of abuse. Mm-hmm. I don't know that there's anything um, that would be like the most unhealthy of submission, right? Mm-hmm. Um, needing to hide and cameras and and then how she... Tracking on her phone. Tracking on her car, on yeah. her phone. Like, and how she just kind of used who she is. And like, like she's like the American dream, mm-hmm. but like sex edition. I don't mm-hmm. know. It was, it was a really interesting story, but like how she quietly becomes this dominatrix to build a new life for her and her kids. Mm-hmm. And then lands this mayor that's like, 
paying her 14k a month first of all listen i think i need to be a fin dom i think you do too we have this conversation every season well we have this conversation every season about me being a dom but i think i need to be a fin dom an mm-hmm. online fem dom because i'm mm-hmm. not even like i'm not about to show up in like anything i just want to take your money i think you'd be good at it you should, you should look into it there's a, there's like classes online on how to be a fin dom you should try that I need to try that because all you have to do is be like, give me money, right? I'm good at that. I think so. I think that's kind of how it works. That's just the gist you of it. Give me money. Yeah. Hurry up. Yeah. Give me more money. Yeah. You ain't give me money fast enough. Give me some more. I think you have to like, I think there's some like um, humiliation in there too, but I think you'll be good at that too. So there's no problem. No <laughs> <laughs> problem there at all. Wow. I mean, for sure. Yeah, but it was crazy because she's like meeting this new guy, but she doesn't have her phone because there's tracking on her phone. So her best friend has the phone and is walking through the bookstore with it so that she could make enough money to get out of the situation. This is crazy. It is is sad outside of the the Fendon thing, which is, you know, the story. It's just sad that people have to live like that. Right. You know, it's it's sad that you have to, y'all have to like walk around the store um, because he's tracking the phone and then he'll come. Like, that's just sad. People who are that crazy will kill you. They will, for mm-hmm. sure. And I think she knew that, right? She knew she was in danger. Yeah. And had to figure out a way out and did. Yeah. Um, that, that is the American dream. One of the things was um, like, it was interesting when she said she was at the restaurant and she made him swallow the gum and she like gave yes. him panties. Like, where do they come up with this stuff? All I of their know. stuff. I don't know. I don't. And here's my thing. He actually did it. Like he actually swallowed her gum. Cause, cause you know, I'm all for role playing and stuff. You know, I'm all for it. But there's certain limits that I'm like, when you tell me to swallow your gum, I'm coming out the road. I'm like, yeah, no, I ain't doing it. Speaking of limits, she was like the first six emails she got was about defecating in their mouths. People, you know what? I don't. They're going to get sick. People are nasty. People are gross, right? Because I don't understand how being peed on, being defecated on, how that turns you on. I don't get it. Like, what has, what? What wiring in your head, in your mind is all messed up that you think someone's shitting on you? Like that, that turns you on. I I don't understand. What in the white people privilege have you lived in? Yeah. Like, that has to be some some white people shit. Like, you know. He basically, like, I actually read an article about this, though. Mm-hmm. Um, this is a total sidebar, but it was this article where they were recruiting these girls and they were paying them $22,000 for the weekend. But they were like, if you stop what's happening at any time, then you don't get any of the money. And um, what ended up happening was these girls went to these elaborate dinners mm-hmm. with the men and part of these elaborate dinners were mm-hmm. men eating laxatives. And then they would come and like shit all over the women on their faces, all blah, 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 blah. What now? Yes. So it was this article I read. This in America? 
no this well the girls are were Americans they were getting recruited and then they would leave and go to these like islands right oh, with, these, okay. with these in the article it was these Middle Eastern men okay and the Middle Eastern men you got paid twenty two thousand dollars for the weekend but this was one of the ladies was given like a tell-all because she ended up leaving but they would have these really beautiful elaborate fancy dinners the women would be dressed up beautifully and at first the girl was like I felt like I had hit the jackpot right I'm about to pay $22,000 to be this escort for the weekend but part of the dinner was the men were eating these laxatives along with the like courses of this fancy dinner and then they would take the girls and like have sex with them and then shit all over them that is disgusting it's disgusting he would have to fight me it's disgusting yeah that is left then you didn't get any of your money i don't want i don't want twenty thousand dollars that big right but that was like the so it is a thing like excrement is just a thing and i don't understand that is so crystal that is so nasty like you shit on me i'm probably gonna throw that is disgusting nasty and they were doing it on their faces all sorts of stuff so anyway she didn't do that, but the it was interesting to me that she said the first six emails were about getting that done. I'm like, that's crazy to me. Ooh, ooh, that's nasty. I know. But she was like, this this mayor that she was dealing with wanted her to like basically almost draw blood. He liked pain so much. I mean, crazy. I need to find one of those those mayors. Um, I, I need to find a mayor who's who's with the shits. Yeah, I need one that's going to just, just, I just need to find somebody that's going to just send me money for nothing. How about that? Um, That's called sugar. Well, no, that's not. Even with that, you have to do something. Um, you got to give some sugar to a sugar daddy. You do. You have to, you have to get some love for that. Y'all, if y'all have a suggestion on what I should do to get somebody to send me money for nothing. <laughs> I mean, you can show, you can show a little titty or something. <laughs> and somebody might sing so but yeah give Crystal some advice child help her be a fan dom and do nothing in return I, I do think you have to do something like I don't know what it is though but I know it's not a sexual it's not sexually related but yeah help Crystal be a fan dom so she can you know have some money to build her life <laughs> and, and if you are don't forget to follow us on Cointel Podcast on Instagram and to join our discussion group on Facebook, Whole and Tail discussion group on Facebook. Until next time.